Welcome to the Jesus Everyday Podcast. Here you will hear Pastor Ethan Callison journey with people just like you from Fellowship Community Church. Our goal is to engage in God's Word to find Jesus in the Scriptures every day. We desire this podcast not to be a substitute for your Bible reading, but rather a compliment so that you encounter Jesus and live a changed life. Here's your host, Pastor Ethan Callison. Well, welcome to the Jesus Everyday Podcast, where every word, thought, verse, and chapter of the scriptures point us to the person of Jesus. My name is Ethan Callis, and I serve as one of the pastors here at Fellowship Community Church, and I am thankful for you listening in here as we have Evan McMillan, our student director of Southwest Campus, joining in, joining us here uh, to spend this week and next week with us. Uh, our reading plan can be found in the show notes below, so just scroll in there, click that link. We desire for you to, to get in God's Word first before hopping into this podcast. We don't see this podcast as a replacement for your time in the Word, but an add to or a compliment to uh, your reading. Uh, so Evan, as we're here in Luke chapter 15, uh, before we get in there, uh, just in like 30, 60 seconds, could you share with us, like, how did you personally come into a relationship with Jesus? Man, that's, I, I love being able to, you know, tell a story. It's not so, something super fancy, but I think the the amazing thing is, you know, God, um, in every aspect of a testimony, God transforms life. Absolutely. You know, if it's if it's someone like that was hardcore drugs, like in a life of, you know, they were living a completely life against God mm-hmm. and transforming to Jesus. Or, you know, someone who just grew up in, in the church and had, had this moment where they realized they needed a savior. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's a lot more on my side. You know, I grew up, in a Christian household, both my parents are Jesus-loving, amazing people, and I love to say when 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 talking about you know my testimony that I was pretty much born in the church. I was the the youngest of three, and at that point, like my brother is seven years older than me, my sister is eighteen months older than me, and so um, my brother was established in the in like in the children's ministry aspect. My my mom was a youth leader, and my dad did worship, and so like every aspect of my growing up Mm -hmm. was in the church. You Mm -hmm. know, I remember like there would be a youth event or a fall retreat and my dad would do the music, like the, the worship for the fall retreat. My mom was a leader at the fall retreat. And so they would bring like me and my sister and my brother sometimes, um, he was a little bit older, so he, he would do other things or he was even at the fall retreats (laughs) and they would, they would bring both of us and we'd just be sitting in a back room playing with toys while my dad led like helped lead worship and my mom was helping like lead students and mm. so it was it was very cool that's how a lot of my bringing up and looking at it I was at a uh, a Super Bowl party uh, at a local ministry, Straight Street in mm-hmm. downtown Roanoke, and our, my home church, what they would do, or for a while they did, they would go and they'd serve food for the Straight Street, and then we would all watch the the Super Bowl together on that night. Mm-hmm. And so we went there, and I was young at the time, like it was one of those events where my parents took me <laughs> to the event. You know, I was I was in second grade. Mm-hmm. And so we get there and at halftime, we don't watch the halftime show because most years they're pretty bad. <laughs> and um, no offense to anyone who watches the halftime show. Um, just as a second grader, I probably wasn't supposed to be watching that halftime show. I don't even know who was playing that year, but um, they turn it off and they, they, show, they showed a video and it was, it turned out to be a couple I am second videos looking back oh, on cool. it. And it was... Um, the one that caught me is I was a little second grader playing football. I loved football and football was life at the time. And so I was watching this professional football player mm-hmm. give his story and talk about Jesus. And I was sitting there and the way he 
described it and it was great but the the one thing that that I caught on to which was was bad on my part was the, the idea about hell and mm-hmm. I was looking I was like man I don't want to go to hell hell sounds scary <laughs> and so at the end of his conversation um he he basically said like if anyone wants to like follow Jesus mm-hmm. and in my mind I was like and follow Jesus and not go to hell, hell yeah. uh, then pray this prayer with me. And so I was like sitting there, I was like, okay, okay I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. I'm going to do this. And so <laughs> I, I prayed the prayer and I, and I, and I said that I was like a Christian that mm-hmm. I, that I made that decision in the back of my head. It was for other reasons mm-hmm. or it's for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And so fast forward a year, I'm talking with my mom and um, we're going through this little booklet in our kids' ministry, and one of the last questions was, what does it mean to be a Christian? And I believe God um, kind of stopped me from answering that or made me ponder that a little bit more. I don't know exactly. And so I went to my mom and said, can you help me with this? Mm. And she said, well, what do you think it is? And I said, I don't know. And she was like, and so then I think she felt God basically saying like, let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. And so we slowed down, we talked about it. And in that moment, in that conversation, I felt, uh, or I believe that, you know, God placed on my heart, you know, the, the realization that I'm a sinner and that I need a savior. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't the, uh, I'm getting out of jail free card. Yeah. That is, you know, the uh, out of hell card, but it was, uh, I, I'm a messed up person. Mm-hmm. Like I sin. And that sin keeps me from God. And so mm-hmm. Jesus saved me from that sin by dying on the cross. And so in that moment, I had that realization. I had that understanding. And that's when I placed my faith and trust in Jesus. And then after that, you know, um, we stayed in the church. And, you know, part of my testimony is, you know, getting called into ministry. And part of that, you know, um, don't, I'm not going to get into like the the depths of it because we're, we're not talking about that today. But, <laughs> but um, looking at that, you know, God placed people in the environment that I was in to, to prepare me for a call for ministry. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's something that was really cool that God wove in through helping me lead my, one of my best friends to the Lord mm-hmm. in the, in eighth grade. And then, you know, giving me a call in 10th grade and then lo- going on mission trips and, and events to be able to, uh, refine that call and then going into school at Liberty and mm-hmm. youth ministry. Like God is uh, like, ordain those steps, mm-hmm, which I think absolutely. is so cool. Absolutely. Love, man. That's probably the third, fourth, fifth time I've heard your story, and I love, love hearing it every, <laughs> every time, man. Cool. Well, as we hop in here, Luke chapter 15, uh, what was the text that you highlighted that the Holy Spirit just uh, illuminated and revealed to you? So the the text that I um, highlighted is um, the whole section, but in, and I'll simplify the verse and then explain a little bit, is, is fifth, Luke 15, verse 7, and it says, I tell you in the same way that there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons that do not need to repent. Love it, man. Can you explain that text a little bit for us? Yes. And so looking at this, you know, uh, Jesus, in, in some context, he, he um, is is hanging out with these tax collectors and sinners and mm-hmm. these people who in that time were deemed as very bad people. You know, uh, I mean, sinners are sinners, but then mm-hmm. tax collectors were deemed as like unclean, bad people who, you know, were not very like, they were not very righteous at all. Mm-hmm. And while that was mostly true, there was a lot of truth behind that. He was hanging out with those people. And so then these these Pharisees, these these high up uh, Jewish officials, mm-hmm. they they are like having this gossip, almost conversation uh, w- with it, and they say, you know, they they talk about, you know, this man receives sinners and eats with them. You know, like this man is hanging out with sinners, and in that time, you know, like these 
Pharisees, like they weren't going to hang out with anyone who wasn't deemed righteous, who wasn't deemed good, who wasn't mm-hmm. deemed holy. And so they stood in, they kept in their little bubble. If anyone got close to them, they were kind of like walking away. They were, they did not want to hang out with anyone who was not basically a Pharisee. And so Jesus goes into these three parables. Mm-hmm. And so he does a parable of the lost coin, uh, of the lost sheep, and the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like most of you probably know the prodigal son. Yeah. It's an amazing story, but I love the idea and the story behind the, the parable of the lost sheep. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's so cool, you know, just how looking at, you know, the heart of Jesus, you know, like he has a hundred sheep. And one of them, and he loses one, you know, one of them loses its way, wanders off, you know, he, he, he leaves the 99 and he goes into the open into the open country to find the lost sheep, Mm -hmm. you know, and when he finds it, you know, it's not a, you bad sheep. Why'd you wander? Why'd you go away? Mm -hmm. This is like, no, you know, he puts the sheep on his shoulder. He lifts the sheep up and he brings it back into the community and back into the the flock mm-hmm. of of the Lord. And so, like, I think that that's, you know, so cool because it's this idea of, you know, those who, like, are wandering or those who, you know, have strayed from God. It's not a, like, you're a terrible person. Why don't you, like, just go back to Jesus, like, shame on you kind of thing. It's like, Jesus, no, he, he rejoiced and was, and was kind Mm -hmm. and graciously brought the joy, the, the sheep back and rejoiced in that Mm -hmm. action. Love it, man. How do you begin to apply text, uh, like the lost sheep into your life? What's one thing that you think people can do from here? I mean, I think, um, even like, I think kind of in that context, we were, um, we were kind of talking about it a little bit ago of, there, there are people in your life that don't know the Lord, mm-hmm. or there are people in your life, like my brother, mm-hmm. um, who, who he has a, a similar story of bringing up, mm-hmm. uh, like of coming childhood. up, of childhood, of yeah. coming up, but his story looks a lot different. You know, mm-hmm. he went to school to be a, uh, a worship pastor, mm-hmm. and um, something fell through the cracks, mm-hmm. and he ended up leaving, dropping out, and he now is living a life that is far from the Lord out in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And looking at that, like it's you, you talk about, you know, there are people in your life that don't know the Lord or have strayed away from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And like our, our job is not to, to scorn them to Jesus of mm-hmm. not to, not to like kick them to Jesus. It's to pick them up mm-hmm. and, and walk them back to the flock of, of walk them back to the relationship. And so I think, you know, we even said, you know, like if you, if like you, there are people in your life, like it's a fact that don't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like you will have relationships or like interactions with people who don't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like that is going to happen. You know, even if you're, if you're at Kroger and you're walking through the aisle and there's mm-hmm. someone right there, they don't, they might not know Jesus mm-hmm. or the person who's checking you out um, at the, at the self checkout or well, I guess that would be yourself, but uh, <laughs> there's still a like, person there, there's still a person there helping <laughs> and, or like through the line or, yeah. you know, and that's just at Kroger, like mm-hmm. looking at it, you know, there's, there's restaurants, there's, there's even potentially in your household, you know, mm-hmm. if you're a father, your kids might not know mm-hmm. Jesus yet. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're someone who is married to someone who's not a believer, like mm-hmm. they don't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think our, our tendency is to push them Mm -hmm. to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, um, what, what I think is, is the, 
the what, the visual here is that it was a, it was a gentle pickup. Mm-hmm. It was like I picked them up. So like they're not necessarily like running away, you know, mm-hmm. it's this idea of like I got them. Mm-hmm. But it's it's this cool illustration of like I'm going to put you up here mm-hmm. and I'm going to walk you through mm-hmm. and walk you to the flock or the community or Jesus, you know, the church, like whatever you want to like just yeah. to, to to say in that aspect. Yeah. I think that you know, um sometimes in in my my life that's like if someone tells me to do something and they're like, they kind of like push me, like I'm going to dig my heels in and Mm -hmm. I'm going to like say like, Oh no, no, no. Like even if it's something that's good, like my initial response is to dig my heels in just because of the way they went about it. Mm -hmm. And so looking at our life, like how do we adequately explain the gospel to someone? Mm -hmm. How do we share, you know, like uh, as a church, like we kind of have the three circle model. Like Mm -hmm. how do we, Mm -hmm. how do we approach that and have, even potentially like relational evangelism, not mm-hmm. necessarily like, um, like street, street evangelism, street evangelism you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like when I was, when I was a student, like, um, our church would actually do a mission trip to Chicago and we would be, we would evangelize on the streets of Chicago. Like that's, that's one way to do it. Mm-hmm. But in reality, in our life, in our everyday life, if there's someone mm-hmm. that you meet and that you get to have those relationships with yeah. that you see like relational evangelism, it's like, mm-hmm. Let me walk you through what it looks like to follow Jesus yeah. and do it graciously, not 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 forsaking the truth, mm-hmm. but but you know going about it, season it with salt. Yep, but. absolutely, man. Love it, Evan. That's that's great stuff. Journeying with people uh, in that, so that they see how Jesus meets their everyday needs. Is what yep. this podcast is about. So thank you for listening here, and thank you for listening this week. Uh, we'll see you next week as we are continuing through the book of Luke. Mm-hmm.